0: Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM.
1: So I have the uh, the, 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 pre- the pleasure and the privilege to introduce our speaker today and the honor. I'm just, thank you, Zakia. All right, listen. <laughs> <You can't, laughs> The honor as well. Thank you. Um, So Proverbs 18.22 says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing, and they find favor with God. So a lot of people, you know, they, they, they get the favor, right? And, you know, favor is not fair, but my favor is also fine, right? It's not fair and it's fine, right? So I got double favor, amen? Listen, so our speaker today is going to be our children's director, my wife, Jessica Torres. She has... I remember when I first met her, I was like, you know what? I was like, you, you a teacher. And she was like, I'll never speak in front of people. Right? So this is just a warning. Don't never say that because then you'll be speaking in front of people. <laughs> right? yeah. Don't say that. you know. Um, and she, she has a word from heaven. I watched her for the last two weeks labor for this word, pray over the word, um, take it very seriously. She, 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 she put a lot into it. Um, and you should. Right. When you're preaching the word of God, this should be a lot being put into it. And she took the time and the energy and and, and the the time. I'm sorry, hours of praying, going over scriptures and, and, and trusting God for the message to be delivered to us in a way that we know God wants to speak to us. So can you please put your hands together for my lovely wife, Jessica Torres?
2: Praise God. Hallelujah. Hey! Oh, glory to God. I'm so happy to be with y'all this morning. Um, such a blessing to see our children. It's one thing to see them, and it's another thing to have them participate in service. Like, we really see them. We see God in them. Yes. So it's beautiful. So we're going to have to have more children and youth days. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Um, so thank you, husband. Um, that story is very true. Within the first week of us, dating. We were having a conversation and he said, you're called to teach. And I had to decide in that moment if we were still going to keep dating. Um, because I had just, I've been baptized for like 11 months and I wasn't trying to hear that. That's not where I was. I was still growing. And, um, but thank you for pushing me to be who God has called me to be. Um, Of course, I want to give honor where honor is due, and so I hope I don't sound like I'm accepting an award at the Grammys, but I want to acknowledge our pastor, who is truly a man after God's heart. Um, We are very blessed to have him as a leader, and he has served as a mentor to me and spiritual father, and he has really poured into me, and he is part of the reason why I am with you this morning, preaching this word. Thank you to Lady Courtney. First of all, for being PD's wife, amen, and supporting him. um, And for all that you do for KLM, my fellow ministers and ministers in training, you all know what it's like to be a part of PD Academy. Um, So I honor you as well. Um, And I'd like to acknowledge Mom Jackie um, for laying the foundation for children's ministry. And to you all my family, my church family, my KLM family. Um, When I came to KLM, I was struggling. I was between churches and I came here. You all made me feel so comfortable. Um, I felt welcomed. This is the first church that I joined, that I served in, that I committed to. Um, And through your prayers and your check-ins, I truly appreciate you. You're also part of the reason of why I'm up here today. Amen. Oh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you and we pray you for our children, Father God. We know that the children are a blessing from the Lord, Father God. Lord, we thank you and we honor you, Father God. We cannot wait to hear your word today, Father God. We come here in expectance, in expectance, Father God. Your word comes forth and it brings forth power. We thank you, Lord, for the restoration that comes forth in your word. We thank you, Lord, for the healing that comes forth, Father God, through your word in the name of Jesus. Father, I lift up every parent to you right now. Father God, I thank you that all of our hearts are open and ready to receive instruction from you. Holy Spirit, you are our teacher. Teach us, dwell here and have your way in this service. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. And I, I pray, Father, that I speak as the very oracles of God, Lord God. I thank you that it is you that is speaking through me, Father God. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 So we've been in the people series and um, PD has blessed us talking about the importance of people and the fact that people are important. We need people to have ministry. People are the reason why we have ministry. So today... I saw it fit since um, the topic is future. The future are our children, right? And God calls us to build our children, to train our children, to support our children. Faith shapes the future. Your faith shapes your future. Your future are the children. Amen. I, um, I listened to the sermon from, Kenneth Hagan multiple times. Uh, it's called You Can Have What You Say. And in this sermon, um, he uses uh, Mark eleven twenty four 24 as the foundation scripture. And it's where Jesus says that whatever you ask in prayer, if you believe that you will receive it, you will receive it. Amen. So he talks about the law of faith. And he says that the law of faith is inevitable. Either you believe you will have what you say and you will receive it because you believe it or you don't believe that you will have what you say, and so you won't receive it, right? We know faith to be the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Faith is an action. We hope and act upon it based on the one our hope is in, who is Christ. As we operate in faith, others see it. Others being our children, mm-hmm. others being our friends, others being our coworkers. Faith becomes a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. So growing up, faith to me was just believing in God. And I wasn't raised in a Christian home, but my Nana was a woman of God. And I'm going to get through this. But and through her faith. She changed my life. Amen. So faith is a gift from God. It's not earned. According to Ephesians 2.8, it says that by grace, we have been saved through faith. And this is not our own doing, but a gift from God, as we have all been given a measure of faith according to Romans 12.3. So as I stated before, growing up, uh, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. My father Actually, um, his religion is Santeria. And so if you don't know what that is, it's the um, worship of ancestry, basically. And so that's what I grew up in. Um, but I had a praying Nana. Gloria. And my Nana was very active in our lives. Um, I remember growing up, she would take two to three buses. It was at least a two-hour ride to get to our house. And she would come while my mom was working and she would come and clean and she would cook. And while she's cleaning and while she's cooking, she's praising, she's worshiping, she's praying. Well, the first thing she would do when she came in the house is, you know, my dad's religious stuff would be in the corner. He Had a little shrine. So she would walk in and she's rebuking it. And then she's praising (laughs) and she's rebuking it. And then I would just think to myself, this lady is crazy. Like, why do you have to come in here and do all of that? I didn't appreciate it at that time. It wasn't until I was at my nana's funeral and her her sister in Christ who uh, was living with her uh, was speaking and she said, I want you all to know, and she was speaking to my sisters and I, I want you all to know that your grandmother, every morning she prayed for you by name. She never missed a day. And it was in that moment that the Holy Spirit revealed to me that it was the faith of my Nana that kept me protected and has me on the path that God has called me to. We have a responsibility to pass down faith, building generational faith, a faith that shows our children they are loved by God. It shows them who they are in Christ. So they never question their identity. Yes. Leads them into God's purpose for their lives, goes against what the world says about them and operates according to what God says about them. Amen. 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 Turn with me to Second Timothy one. Second
3: mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. Timothy one. Hey, hallelujah. Second Timothy one, I'm going to be reading verses three through five. This is the Apostle Paul, his letter to his spiritual son, Timothy. Oh my God. I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors with a clear conscience. As I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now I am sure dwells in you also. So Paul first states that the faith that he received was from generations before him. The faith was passed down to him. And then he acknowledges the faith of Timothy's grandmother and mother. Yeah. He knew that they had faith because he said that the faith dwelt in them, yes, yes. dwelt from the Greek word enoikio, uh-huh. which means to live in yeah. faith was their lifestyle. Yeah. So there was no way that Timothy would not also have that same faith. Mm. Come on. Yeah, yeah. So it brings us to our first point. Our children have their Bibles. I did that on purpose, by the way. Amen. <laughs> so they can search to the scriptures. Our first point, generational faith starts with God, then works down to the parents, then the children. Turn with me to Genesis 25, 5. Genesis 25, 5. We're going to see faith passed down from one generation to the next. So we have our father Abraham of of faith and in Genesis 25, five, it says Abraham gave all he had to Isaac. We know that Abraham was rich. Rich. Okay. Rich, rich.
3: Rich.
2: All right. right? He was rich, but the word says that Abraham gave all he had. To his son, Isaac. So out of the riches and the land and the faith, which one do you think was the most valuable? Faith. Mm-hmm. The faith. Amen.
1: Amen. That's right.
2: The faith. If you go over to verse 21, we see how the passing down of this faith operates yeah. in Isaac's life.
3: In verse 21, Isaac uses his faith for his barren wife to conceive their son, Jacob. Remember his father, Abraham
2: used his faith for his barren wife to conceive his son, Isaac. So not only did Abraham pass down the faith for his barren wife, but he also passed down the faith and obedience as well. Go over to Genesis 26, one through six. I'm going to read Genesis 26, one through six. Now there was a famine in the land besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Gerard to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. And the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt dwell in the land of which I shall tell you sojourn in this land. And I will be with you and will bless you for to you and to your offspring. I will give all these lands and I will establish the oath that I swore to Abraham, your father. I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and will give to your offspring, all these lands and in your offspring, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes,
3: and my laws. So Isaac settled in Gerar. (laughs) When I read this scripture, the Holy Spirit
2: reminded me how Isaac experienced obedience. Mm. Uh First in his father. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: Because you have to think about how old Isaac was, when his father Abraham was told to sacrifice come on, him. Come on He must have been in his late teens, early 20s, around there, when his dad was obeying the Lord, because obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. He was obeying the Lord. And then he was stopped, because the Lord just wanted to see. If he would obey him. So Isaac experienced that firsthand. He saw it. And now we see here that he's walking in it. So parents. Our obedience blesses our children. Isaac then passes down this faith to his son, Jacob. Jacob to Joseph. Etc. All of these different generations. They all walked in the will of God for their lives. When they walked in the will of God for their lives, they walk in a godly way because God desires godly offspring. That's our second point. Turn with me to Malachi 2.15. Malachi
3: 2.15. Malachi 2.15, did he not make them one with a portion of the spirit in their union?
2: And what was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. So guard yourselves in your spirit and let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. Godly children are children of faith. And this faith, faith must come from
3: their godly parents teachers, mentors, grandparents. Think about Hannah. Hannah was a woman of faith. Hannah was barren. The the word said that the Lord closed her womb. And
2: she goes to pray to the Lord. She wants to conceive. She wants to have a baby.
3: And the word describes for us How she was feeling in that
2: moment for for us to gain an understanding of what kind of pain she was in when she went to the Lord crying out because she wanted to conceive her son. And while she's crying out and while she's praying, it wasn't anything that was heard because Eli
3: the priest couldn't hear what she was saying. Right. It was an inner cry. And it was
2: her faith that led to her conceiving the last judge of Israel who was needed, Samuel. She dedicated Samuel to God before he was even born. And then Eli, the priest, mentored Samuel. You can go on to read more about that in Samuel 3, but the word also says in 1 Samuel 2.12 that Eli's sons were worthless men to the Lord. I don't even want to imagine how you can become worthless to the Lord. So Eli couldn't pass his faith down to his sons, but he has Samuel. Amen. And and so we see a godly mother and a mentor passing down faith. That's why it's so important for us to be intentional about who our children are around. The adults that have the opportunity to speak into their lives, help them make decisions about their lives. Think about also of Josiah. Josiah was eight when he became king. Josiah's dad did not walk in the ways of the Lord. The word doesn't say much about his mother, but it does say that he followed in the steps of his father, David. Father in terms of kingship, David was a previous king. So he knew how David ruled and how he reigned. And so he had that example. Second Kings twenty three twenty five says that before him, him being Josiah, there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart with all his soul and with all his might, according to the law of Moses, nor did any like him arise after him. So even though he had David's influence, he surpassed David. He surpassed David. The word doesn't say this about David. <laughs> Amen. I, I, I have um, a nephew who I, I, I love. I love him so much. And, um, you know, he's in Virginia, and I'm in New Jersey, so I can't really see him as often, but um, I'm making it a point to sow seeds, to plant seeds of faith. Um, Shameless plug, the Kingdom Kids YouTube sessions that are recorded and posted every week um, are for the children. But they also provide an opportunity for you all to watch it with your children, and share it with your friends so they could watch it with their children. And I sent my sister a text and I said, hey, and I sent her the link. I said, you should have um, Jair watch this. And she said, oh, he already watched it. I said, well, I know that's right. They'll be posted every week. Stay tuned. (laughs) Amen. Turn with me to Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 9. I know Ephraim read this. He did an amazing job reading it. Amazing job reading it. But we know we can never hear the word too many times. Amen. Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 9. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life and that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children And shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gate. We know that the the Israelites lack faith, (laughs) right? It was their lack of faith that destroyed their generation and the next.
3: They showed us what it looks like when you fail to pass down faith. You know, when I, when I look at the Israelites as
2: God-chosen people, and you think about them wandering in the wilderness due to their lack of obedience and their lack of faith. You remember when they sent out the 10 spies? Mm-hmm to go look at the land that the Lord had already promised them,
3: the land flowing of milk and honey. And they sent the spies. And the word says that they brought back an evil report.
2: And the evil part of the report was them saying, and now I'm paraphrasing, we can't take that land. There's big people over there. We cannot defeat those people. That land is not for us. We shall not
3: obtain it. We're going to stay right here. And then comes Caleb. And Caleb says, <laughs> yes, oh, I I come on now. And Caleb says, we are
2: well able to overcome it. That's our land. Mm-hmm. The Lord promised us that land flowing with milk and honey. And then Joshua comes behind him and says, he co-signs, we will overcome it because the Lord is with us. Ah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Caleb and Joshua went to the land flowing with milk and honey. Everyone else died off. Kill. Ah. Kill. Ah. The absence of generational faith leads to spiritual death throughout generations, which brings us to our third point, spiritual warfare.
3: Spiritual warfare. Turn with me to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 4. Kingdom kids, this is for you. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the
2: Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So first Paul states the responsibility of children and then the promise that comes with it when
3: they obey. Paul then states the responsibility of the parent. We don't discipline based on our emotions because when we
2: do that, it can lead to rebellion. Yeah. Right. And we don't want our kids to rebel. We want them to feel loved and cared for. A few verses down, Paul talks about putting on the whole armor of God. And it's no coincidence that Paul talks about that after he talks about the family, because the devil is after our families.
1: Right. right.
2: It takes faith to raise our children the way God has called us to raise them. I don't know about you. My son, I love him so much. But Lord, there are times where I have to stop. I either pray in the spirit under my breath very quickly and get myself together. I tell them to just come back. (laughs) Because I don't know how this is gonna go. So I don't know if it's gonna be well with you in the moment. That's right. (laughs) But when when we think about spiritual warfare, we have to, we have to acknowledge because Paul Paul did this on purpose.
3: If the devil gets to our families, yeah. huh, huh. he impacts the church. Right, right,
2: right,
1: right, right. Right. Amen.
2: Division in the family, strife in the family, confusion in the family impacts the church. Right,
3: that's right. That's right. That's right, right, right. right. My
2: God. So parents,
3: we must submit to the Lord and children, you must submit to your parents. So this brings us to our fourth point.
2: <laughs> Maintaining the faith in the household, workplace. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Two key words here. Train and go. Right? When. For all of us who, who are working people, uh, yeah. uh-huh. when you start at a job, you go through training, Come on. Okay. right? And they provide you with either on the job training, uh, hands-on training, uh-huh. right? They provide you with resources and tools that you need to be successful in your position. Uh, and then they assess you and they evaluate you to make sure that you can actually do the job. Uh-huh. And they say, go do the job. Uh-huh. Let it go. Hey, come on now. So as parents, we're the trainers. We're the trainers. We train up our children. First, they see us go to church. They see us pray. They see us give. They see how we treat our spouse. They see how we treat our siblings. They see how we treat our parents. They see that. We
3: read the word with them. We bring them to church. We train them. And then they go. Hey, how about They go, okay? Nothing
2: wrong with the go, right? Hey, nothing wrong with go. And let me just say, you as a parent are even more confident and assured when they go yes. <laughs> because you have trained them yeah. and children, children? Kingdom, yeah. kids. kingdom kids yeah. your parents are not just trying to boss you around your parents don't just want to tell you what to do they don't just want to take games away from you they don't just want to do things to hurt you that is not what they're trying to do What they're doing is preparing you for your walk with the Lord. Because when you go and you walk with the Lord, he will discipline you in love. He cares for you. He protects you. He prepares you through the Holy Spirit. He guides you. Your parents are training you so that you can be
3: instructed by the Lord. You're ready. You have that ear Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it's 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 so important
2: for us to expose our children to godly children. Yeah. Yeah. keep them in fellowship, yeah. oh. pay attention to them,
3: love and care for them. I remember um. We had a, a conversation with Nas and
2: we, we said to him that it's important for him to know the difference between associates and friends. That, that's right, right. Not because
3: you're better than anybody, but you're different. Uh, right. You are different. And, you know, I, Nas has. <sighs> <laughs> I chose to be Nas' parent. And when I chose to be his parent, I
2: wasn't living the life that God called me to live, but I had a praying nana. Hey, nana. And so I got there. Yeah. I still <laughs> loved and cared for him. And then I remember hearing him pray, was asking God for a dad. Not that he didn't acknowledge God as his father, but he wanted a dad, right? He wanted the male figure. Uh, and so when Daniel came into his life, the, we, he, we met him together, first of all, because he would have never seen Nas until I knew that we were going to be together for a while. Right? So we're walking out and we meet him together and Nas Said, oh, he's a nice young man. <laughs> <I> said, okay. <laughs> I said, all right. Um, and, you know, they, they formed a bond. They became very close and Nas was just attached to him.
3: And when Daniel um, had his moment um, and went on
2: his all-inclusive trip, Courtesy of the state of New Jersey, yeah. which wasn't all inclusive because they didn't pay for the food, which is the most expensive part. Um, but when, 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 <laughs> before, before that happened, I know that he shared his testimony, so he doesn't mind me sharing this. He there were days where I didn't know where he was. I knew what I knew what he was doing. But I didn't know where he was. So I didn't know if he was alive or dead. And so there was a moment where I was in my room and I, you know, I didn't tell anybody because I pray. I didn't need opinions. I didn't need opinions. I needed to be led by the Lord. So in this moment, the only person that I told besides our pastor and first lady was my best friend. Because in my lowest moments in college, she was there. And I knew that if I needed to cry, that was my shoulder. So I'm in my room and I'm on my knees. Nas had been asking, where's dad? Where's dad? Where's dad? And I said, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I didn't, I didn't know what else to say. But he would see me. There were times when he would, he would see me crying. But then I got to the point where I was tired. <laughs> the next time he sees me crying, He's going, to be seen, he's going to see me crying and praying. Right. Ah! And so Stop! I remember one morning, I, I didn't know where he had dis- disappeared to. And I knew that Nas was going to wake up and ask for him. So I got on my knees and I was praying. I was praying and the Holy Spirit told me where he was. But <laughs> Nas, and then I, I went there and that's exactly where he was. I'm honking the horn. <laughs> honk, honk, get in the car. Get in the car. Let's go. Wherever you were thinking about going, that's not where you're going to go. Let's go. Nas is going to see you this morning. He's going to see you today.
3: But Nas, because of of the the consistent prayers, there were times when Daniel would be in his own world. I'm
2: being, you know, okay in his own world and Nas would have no idea what's going on. God shielded him from all of that. He knew nothing. He knew nothing. Daniel was was gone during the pandemic. And you know, they're, they're okay, vacation. And um, and the time that he was gone, Nas grew so much in the word, he grew so much in prayer. Because God fills in the gaps. We don't have to do everything. He doesn't call us to do everything. I I read this book. um, You know, PD, of course, uh, assigned about 35 books to me. um, (laughs) in taking the director of children's ministry position. And one of the books said that 20% of children Who attend church walk away from church when they turn 18. 50% leave the church for a season and then they come back at some
3: point. 30% stay in the church. And when I read that, I said, thank you, Lord, that every kingdom kid, we have a
2: hundred percent here. In the name of Jesus, we don't have any
3: children who are going to depart from you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Children. Kingdom kids. Yeah. Colossians
2: 3.20 calls you to obey your parents in everything because it pleases the Lord. Exodus 20.12 tells you to honor your father and mother so your days may be long. Listen, I was not a perfect child. The one thing I was was obedient. One because I was scared of being disciplined, if you get my drift. And um, even now, at my youthful age, I obey my parents. I'm, I'm respectful to my parents. I honor my parents. I bless my parents. And my grandmother, when she was here, she got whatever she wanted. Whatever she wanted, she came here from Dominican Republic. She loved to go back to Dominican Republic sometimes, and she would. She came and she lived in Virginia and she stayed with my sister, but she wanted her own space. So we said, okay, get your own apartment. And my sisters and I drove down there. We went, got her brand new furniture, got her brand new TV, set her up very nicely. Whenever she wanted something, she knew who to call because you sold those seasons to my life. There's no way that I'm not going to give you everything because God has blessed me so that I can be a blessing to you now.
3: You were faithful. You were committed. You know, it it wasn't until I was contemplating my life
2: that I realized how much I needed Jesus. And I know that it was my Nana pressing in, pressing in. I didn't have to tell her anything. I didn't have to tell her that I was suicidal. I didn't have to tell her that I didn't know who I was. I didn't have to tell her that I was depressed. I didn't have to tell her that I was anxious. She prayed. She knew.
3: So, in conclusion, go with me to Joshua 24, 15. Alfred,
2: you know, I asked you to, for it not to be hot here because I didn't want my edges to sweat out. And it's hot up here. Oh, Lord. Woo. See if you can edit that part. Goodness gracious. Not the edges. That's something about the edges. <laughs> Joshua 24, 15.
3: <laughs>
2: so let's, it's important to consider Joshua because this is, this is what the, the Holy Spirit said to me when I, when I was reading
3: this scripture. Consider Joshua. And so I said, okay, Joshua, who saw a
2: faithless generation and experienced a faithless generation and who received the promise of God because he walked in obedience. So I consider that. I'm asking you to consider that when we read this scripture. Joshua 24:15. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's, it's you know, I, I always, I've always found it interesting how other people want to comment on how I choose to raise my child. Okay. When the word tells me, my instruction is right here. Our instruction is right here. It doesn't matter if someone thinks that your child is in church too much. Right. It doesn't matter if someone thinks that your child is reading the word too much and not anything else. Nas came home. He went to, they had a book fair. And he came home with this book. Huh. I looked at the cover. I said, surely you didn't yield to the Holy Spirit before you got this book. I read the back of it. It had witches and all type of stuff in it. I said, take it back. You take, I did not even want it in the house, but take it back. Exchange that thing. I, t- I, I sent his teacher a message and I'm sure she probably thought that I was crazy. But let me tell you, when he first started that school, I told her because they, they had to read often. And I said, well, he reads the Bible. Does that count? That's his 20 minutes of reading. Does that count? Because there's no other book he needs to read in our house. 20 minutes of the Bible every single day here. So thank you that you require the 20 minutes. Well, he has his reading. So she already knew what kind of mother she had, what kind of father she was going to be dealing with. So when we consider Joshua, huh. let's consider ourselves. Right. Let's, 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 let's own this yeah. because the Holy Spirit told, told me to make this mine, yeah. All right. make this scripture yours, own this scripture. So if I own this scripture, the, the way that I, that I went
3: through it for, for Joshua, the Lord. Who healed my broken heart. The Lord.
2: Who delivered me from suicidal ideation. The Lord. Who saved my life. The Lord. Who loved me. The Lord who kept me. And continues to keep me. And continues to cover me. That's the Lord. That we are going to serve. In this house. So you. The Lord has brought you through things. The Lord has healed you. He has delivered you. He has kept you. He has loved you. That's the Lord that you will serve in this house. So we call our children a blessing of the Lord We call our children more than conquerors We call our children fearfully and wonderfully made We call our children the apple of his eye We call our children the righteousness of God in Christ We call our children the beloved We call our children good ground We call our children a hundredfold. We call you healed We call you freed We call you loved Hallelujah 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 Speak over your children To be here now for you to speak over them. Speak over your womb. Speak over your children. You get this word. You get this word and you confess this word over your womb. You confess this word over your children who are coming. Because God is faithful to who he has promised. There is no greater inheritance you can leave your children than faith. None. None. Sow those seeds now. We have to sow those seeds now. Listen, the the, the world has a statistic and a label on your child before they're even born. Based on your marital status, socioeconomic status, your race. They already put a statistic on your child. They already put a label on your child. But this word, hallelujah, yeah. you pick up this word Thank you, Lord. and you speak it over your child. I was scrolling on Facebook a couple weeks ago and there was a shirt that popped up on my feed. And, you know, initially when I saw it, I said, oh, this is cute. It said generational curse breaker on it. I said, oh, this is cute. You know, and I saw parents wearing it and the children were wearing it and they were matching. And I said, oh, this is a cute shirt.
3: And then I said, but wait. Okay. That's right. Uh-huh. No too much. I don't have that burden.
2: Because that's a burden. That's a responsibility that Jesus took on when he died on that cross. According to Galatians 3:13, he became a curse for us. The curse was broken. We don't need to break any curses. There's no curse that can be spoken over you over your children. Come on now, come on now. I, I I consider the Old Testament and just in in the faith of everyone in the Old Testament. We think about Abraham, Abraham and Isaac and Hannah. And y'all, they were under the old covenant. We, we are under, we, we, we under the blood.
1: Our covenant is better. Our covenant is better. We
3: are covered. At this time, if you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we want to give you the opportunity
2: to do that. Children. If there's any of you who have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want to make that decision today, we invite you as well.
3: If you have not been filled with the Spirit, this is also your opportunity. I thank God that He moves on the hearts of our children. I thank the Lord. If you are making the decision today,
2: you can come up, honey. We're going to pray with you. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Listen, heaven is rejoicing. This is a baby. Come on now. Heaven is rejoicing. Let her know she's making the best decision of her life. Hallelujah. 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 Let me tell you something, sweetheart. Jesus. Jesus died and rose for you. He has a purpose for you. You are beautiful. And you are making one of the best decisions you have ever made. We're going to join her in prayer. Okay. Repeat after me. Okay. Heavenly 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 Father,
3: father,
2: I thank you for being my father.
3: I thank you for being my father.
2: I know that I was born a sinner
3: I know that I was born a sinner who needs a savior, who
2: needs a savior. and I believe, I believe that, Jesus died and that Jesus died and rose for me and rose for me I thank, you, Holy Spirit, I thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing me, for showing me how to love Jesus, how to love Jesus and, serve him and serve Him all the days of my life. All the days of my life. Today, Today, I choose You, Jesus. I choose you. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Congratulations, sweetheart. Let me see. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Heaven is rejoicing. We came with expectance this morning, and the Lord did exactly what we knew He would do. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.
0: That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732 324 2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also,